Hallelujah. Shall we please pray? Father, we thank you for a special moment like this in your holy presence. Thank you for your spirit that is here to teach us. We submit ourselves to your word. To your word. Lord, speak to us. Renew our minds that we may be transformed in the name of Jesus. And as we hear your word, let there be healings. Let there be deliverances. Let there be great and mighty doors. Let lives be changed. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you, Lord. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm aware, Lord, have your way in me. This is my desire to honor you. Help me sing it. Desire. To honor you, yes, Lord, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. Kama shantala masiko Within me, all oh, I give you who pray, and all that I adore is in you. Jesus, I live for you, and every breath that I take, every moment I'm 
little gentle. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you, and Lord, every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Thank you, Lord. Lord, have your way in me. Can we appreciate our Lord Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let somebody shout your loudest hallelujah. Your loudest hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to thank God once again for the great door and opportunity to be here. And also, I want to thank Reverend Dennis and Mommy and the entire leadership for the great honor. And then also, I want to thank you for coming and for joining online. Amen. Tonight, I want to go just a little further because these things take a lot of time to teach. And um, I'm going to, by the help of the Holy Spirit, just go a little further. Amen. Last night we established that tithing um, was instituted several hundreds of years before the law. It was only right that under the law, tithing also had to be regulated, had to be made to run you know, as a certain structure. The law created certain structures for certain um, practices and things that God's people had to do. And um, it doesn't mean that tithing originated from the law. Because we saw Abraham, who is a symbol of New Testament lifestyle, a symbol of New Testament lifestyle, paying tithe for the first time as we read um, in Genesis 14, the word tithes was used for the first time. We see a man of faith paying tithe. Hallelujah. And then we also saw in Hebrews 7 that when we pay tithe, Jesus himself even though we pay tithe here on earth to men who die because they are administering the work of God, they are, you know, bringing the work of God, or leading the work of God, let me say that. Um, men that die receive tithes, but there, talking about in the heavenly places, the one of whom it is witnessed that he lives forever, which is Jesus, receives tithes. So that makes it very clear. Because in the New Testament, Jesus is um, spoken of as one who lives forever, who was dead and is alive and alive forevermore. Amen. 
So Jesus Christ in the heavenly places receives tithes. And we saw the tense in which that verse was written. And it was in the present continuous tense. In the present continuous tense. It says here, men that die receive tithes. Because he was talking about Abraham and Melchizedek. He could have easily said, men that died received tithes. Hallelujah. But he said here, men that die receive tithes. But there he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he lives forever. So I'm just doing a recap so that I can add to it. So Jesus himself receives our tithes. That should settle any question you have whether tithing is for the New Testament. Whether tithing is not done away with, with the fulfillment of the law and the doing away with of the law, whether tithing has not been done away with. Not at all. Tithing was before the law. It was paid in faith to a man who was an Old Testament, who was an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. Melchizedek, the Bible says, was made like unto Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, he, he had no beginning of days, nor end of life. Now, that cannot be um, attributed to flesh and blood. Never. Never. Hallelujah. So, he was made in the similitude of Jesus, and he received tithes of Abraham. Now, we saw two main purposes. Or two, we saw two purposes, not main, but we saw two purposes of tithing. The first one was to advance the purposes of God, the kingdom of God, the work of God. He said, bring ye all the tithes, not some, all. So you pay tithes on all your income. Anything you can, you can call your income, you have to pay tithes on it. And, and if you love God, you don't argue. You see, you don't argue with God because you are, you are rather looking for more opportunities to honor Him with your substance. Hallelujah. Because giving is a proof of the sincerity of your love. It's a proof of the sincerity of your love. That's what Paul said to the Corinthians. You see, to prove the sincerity of your love. Hallelujah. In fact, there's one thing about giving. Time, time will not permit me. It's called forwardness. There's, a, there's something about giving called forwardness. A lot of people, I teach, I teach my members that God has given me. I said, I teach them, you don't wait for a service to come and then you realize that you don't have enough money on you. So God can just take this. He understands. It's it's a question mark on your love for God. Your genuine love for giving makes you to practice what is called forwardness. In one place, Paul said, Achaia was ready a year ago. So by one year to the time, Achaia laid up what they were going to give for that mission. Glory to God. It's called forwardness. It's called forwardness. It's a certain, it's a certain revelation of your passion and your heart for God. Glory to God. So, so when I get another opportunity, I will teach about forwardness. The reason why we don't give good offerings, 
mostly is because there is no forwardness in our giving. That's why we don't give good offerings. So you giving just chances, you just it just it, you just come up. So you are just left with five CDs, you are just left with two or ten CDs, and that's what you give to God. But if you are forward, you give him your best. Hallelujah. But that's for another day. He said, so we saw that um, tithing and of course offerings, because in Malachi he also spoke of offerings, is for the work of God. He said that there will be meat in my house. Meat represents sustenance and strength for continuity. So for the work of God to keep going on, tithes and offerings must keep coming. Now you see it clearly even in Philippians chapter 4. Paul said in verse 15, I believe, Philippians 4 from verse 15, he said, Now... You Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, in the beginning of the gospel, in other words, in the work of spreading the gospel, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Now, for Paul to mention this, it means it is expected of the church to communicate Giving and receiving. It's called giving and receiving. And that reveals to you the, the second purpose of giving, which we spoke about. When there is giving, there's also receiving. Amen and amen. But he said, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving. You see? So for the gospel to spread, we need a giving church. No church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. But you only. Every church must communicate in giving and receiving for the spreading of the gospel. Unfortunately, you see many people giving so much only when perhaps a prophetic word is given to them. If the pastor stands there and just says that we are going to have a mission at, say, Damongo, and we need people to give, many a time, people don't open up their real treasure. But when you tell them, I see this, I see that, it's a man of God, I want to sow a seed. <laughs> it's very sad. It reveals how selfish we are. Yes. People give cars just because they are being prophesied to. And I, I see it in, because, because I see the word of knowledge in my life and all. Sometimes, Reverend Dennis, in services where I see this, I prophesy, I call this person, this is what the Lord is saying, this way, and, and they are so touched by what God is saying. Don't get me wrong. The manifestations of the Spirit, of the gifts, they are important for the church. I'm not criticizing it, but I'm just revealing something. You realize that that particular service, the offerings, People give so willingly. People, you, you'll be amazed. And in fact, that also tells us then as pastors that we should also walk in the manifestations of the Spirit. Because it's also good for the church. <laughs> but you'll be amazed. 
that if you just tell people, we want to have a mission, we are sending a missionary here, a lot of people will just maybe drop 20 CDs, whatever. You see, it reveals our hearts. No church communicated with me from the beginning of the gospel. From the gospel moving to as far as wherever I'm supposed to go to, the church should have been communicating in giving, giving to the mission. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, if we don't give, we frustrate the work of God. If we don't give, we frustrate the work of God. Because God himself said in Malachi 3, that there will be meat in my house. So if we don't give, we deny the house of God of the necessary meat to function. The necessary meat to advance the visions of God. The purposes of God. You see, I told you, this is no more a question about whether the person is a false prophet. If I give, the money will not be used. If you are a member of covenant family, that question is answered. Because you have leaders who are honest with resources. So you, there is no argument about that. Now, the question is, how much of yourself and your resources are you willing to release for kingdom advancement? It's no more about being skeptical about the man of God. You know, the church is filled with skeptics when it comes to giving. So when that side is settled by the, by the Spirit of God, you have located a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled, heavenly-minded, kingdom-passionate church. So please, that issue is dealt with. How bountiful are you willing to be with the things of God? Glory to God. No church is very sad. That when it comes to the gospel spreading, beginning. Beginning means now, now we are taking the gospel here. It doesn't mean like the gospel is beginning. No, it has already begun in Christ. But we are beginning the gospel work somewhere. So from the beginning of the work that I set out to do, that's what Paul is saying. No church. Nobody was interested. Pure gospel work. Nobody was interested. Except the Philippian church. And in verse 16 he said, verse 16 he said, For once, even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again. So when it comes to the work of God, you don't give once. You don't just give once to missing. No matter how big the size of your offering is, every other opportunity to advance the work, take advantage of it. Yes. In fact, when you read Ecclesiastes, time will not also permit me to go into that. that. One of the keys to make your giving produce the required harvest is to give at every opportunity. He said, in the morning sow thy seed. In the evening withhold not thine hand. He said, give a portion to seven and also to eight. So, so giving must be something you do continually. He said, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always 
having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. How many good works? Every. So God wants you to give towards every good work. Every opportunity to advance His work. Don't be wary of giving. Because, now, please let me say this. You expect Reverend Dennis to have only one vision all of his lifetime. No. We are always burning with the visions of God. We are always burning with kingdom assignments. So if you finance this assignment, you must finance the other one too. Are you hearing me, somebody? So it says, it says that once, even in Thessalonica verse 16, Philippians 4, he sent once and again unto my necessity. Once and again. I pray that you will never be weary in giving. Amen. Now the second purpose we saw in giving is to activate the blessing of God. To activate the blessing. You know? And the reason why every giver, whether they are believers or not, will activate the blessing of God is because in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, Noah built an altar and sacrificed. Now, Noah's giving was not an ordinary giving, it was a sacrifice. Because you come out of the ark, in the ark, you were preserving species. Now, every species in the ark is endangered. So you have very little of whatever is available. And yet, out of that, you build an altar. So it was a real sacrifice. It was a real sacrifice to God. Because these animals that would also be offered to God had to be clean animals. And these are animals man eats. So Noah's food, after coming out of the ark, with limited quantities, are now being offered to God. So God smells this sacrifice. And then something happens. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. Now, one of the ways to break certain curses, because you see, sometimes, sometimes, a life of poverty and hardship is a certain case. Sometimes, there are some families, people never rise beyond certain financial thresholds. Hallelujah. And in Christ, the curse of poverty is broken. In Christ, the curse of material want is broken. Bible says, for your sake, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Now, just as salvation... And every other blessing in Christ is, it takes steps of faith to activate them, to walk in their practical experience. Hallelujah. And so, giving is one of the ways to practically destroy the curse of poverty from your life. Yes, I'm telling you. God smells this sacrifice and says, no more will I curse the ground. Now, now many don't know. Many don't know. That Noah broke the curse that was put on Adam. Many don't know, but this scripture shows you. Noah broke the curse 
that was put on Adam. It's a revelation. If you have it, you can work with it. Noah broke. He said, I will not again. That's what God said. Meanwhile, he had just told Adam that the ground is cursed. Now, in Noah, after he built an altar, you see, we don't know what giving can accomplish. I'm telling you. It says, not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. Ha! Ah, we have all thought that when Adam was cursed, nothing happened. It was only Christ who destroyed it. No. Also in Noah, a man of faith, the curse was lifted for his sake. Oh yes. Oh yes. And then in verse 22, God said, As long as the earth remains. He didn't say the church. That is why if somebody is not even in the church, but they are givers, they walk in strange blessings. Oh yes. There's a man in Ghana who is among the wealthiest in this country. I won't mention it, but somebody got close to him and he couldn't believe. People just come to him, he's relative from nowhere, and they are begging. Oh, and then, you know, you, you may think that he shouldn't do that, but out of passion, he just, they want a job for their son. He has finished university. He said, give him a job. And then, the person tells me, he said, Pastor, and they are not doing much, but when you look at how much they are being paid, this person is doing 8,000, 9,000, 4,000. He said, he said, and when, when I speak to the man, he said, then he said, the man won a contract in whatever. He mentioned some African countries. Two billion dollars. Twelve billion dollars. I said, really? Really? <laughs> you see, while the earth remaineth, if you are a distributor, God will choose you as a channel. That's how it is. If you are a distributor, God chooses you as a channel. While the earth Remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So as long as that person walks on this earth, you may be in the church, but you are not a giver. They are walking on this earth and they are givers. They are activating their harvest. Yes. The sad thing is that they may still go to hell and it's very sad. But that's how a man like sometimes, sometimes their giving can move God. He will send people to them. Like Cornelius. God says, your arms has come up before me. It has come up before me. Then, then Cornelius gets a vision. Peter gets a vision. And then the man and his whole house is saved. Amen and amen. Glory to God. So somebody's giving can attract God's attention. Even though, even though they are unbelievers. Yes. Sometimes we don't understand. And how is it that we who are Christians, whatever. What is your level of distribution? You see, because kingdom wealth is for kingdom work. And there's an area of kingdom work which must lead people to salvation. But sometimes, many unbelievers do it. That is taking care of the felt needs of people. And many unbelievers do that. So God chooses them as channels. The unfortunate thing is that they don't know the purpose of that way. That if you save somebody's body and you don't save his soul, you have not done much. But they don't know, you see, like many of us. So imagine you and I becoming real distributors. God will channel the wealth through us. And for us, we don't just help you. We also bring you to salvation. Amen and amen. So we are the ones to be walking in that kind of wealth. Or you don't agree with me? Yes. But 
You have said it for me. <laughs> no, it's very serious. It's very serious. If you want to talk about some of the most generous people on this earth, they have not entered church doors before. And it's very sad. Because our Lord Jesus demonstrated giving at the highest level. And we should be walking in that. Glory be to God. Help me, Lord. I have many things to say. So, so we have established this, a second purpose of giving your tithes that there will be meat in my house for the gospel to go on. And then we shouldn't just give once, we should grab every opportunity to advance the work of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now that brings me to the third purpose of giving. Your tithes and your offerings. And for me, for me, it should drive every believer to be a giver. The third purpose of giving your tithes and your offerings I want to talk about is to lay up treasure in heaven. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, I want to read it specifically. Matthew chapter 6. Please, are you here with me? Thank you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. Or verse 19 and 20. He says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust that corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. You see, a lot of the church is not motivated by this. You hear people say that, yeah, per man she was, as you saw, I say, treasures in heaven. But you see, the people who spoke plainly that they were looking for a place, God was not ashamed to be called their God. Hallelujah. You see, we must be a church that also sets our affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And Jesus says that is the kind of people we should be. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. So if all you are doing is building houses and building institutions and building businesses and you don't build the church and the kingdom of God, I'm sorry to say to you, but that you are only laying up treasure upon the earth. If that's all you are doing, you are only laying treasure upon the earth, opening more businesses. Sometimes when you come to East Legon, where our church is, there, there are some two friends in Ghana, they are just building houses all over the place. And when I drive around and I look at it, I say, these people, I hope they build churches. Because all these houses, if they die without Christ, there is no translation into rewards in heaven. Nothing at all. They are all earthly. Trust me, that's what it is. That's what it is. But you are on earth, and yet he tells you lay up treasure in heaven. You are on earth. Of course, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ. But you are on earth. Seated in heavenly places on earth. Now he tells you lay up treasure in heaven. 
That means there are things you do on this earth that translate into treasure in heaven. So you must ask yourself, what are these things? One of them is giving. And I will prove it to you from scriptures. One of them is giving. Giving translates, especially giving to advance the purposes of God. The visions of God. The kingdom agenda that God has set. When you give, when you become an investor in kingdom projects. When I say project, not just a building. But when you become an investor in kingdom projects, you lay up treasure in heaven. Please look at this. Amen. Hallelujah. Please, am I communicating to someone? Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Glory to God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, now, now, you know, th- this is where, this is where, this is where we hear serious things. Because a lot of believers think that their pastors cannot talk about their money. Please, read your Bible well. And a lot of people think that their pastors, I don't want to use the word, but because it's used, I'll use it. And a lot of people think that their pastors don't have power over their money. Even though I believe that that power is being abused. But Paul said, I did not abuse it. But Paul said, Paul said, if anybody has power over you in this matter, is it not we who are your pastors? He wrote to his, the churches that he was pastoring. Because he said that they were allowing people to defraud them. People who, are, who were not kingdom minded were using this power against them. And Paul said, if anybody has this power over you, is it not us? He said, but we decided not to use this power so that we don't hinder the gospel. Glory to God. So it also tells you that excessive use of this power hinder the gospel because for many people when it comes to money, they will draw back. So if you don't want to hinder the gospel, you are moderate about using this power. Amen and amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. But Paul said that actually we have this power. We have this power. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And you see that displayed here. Now the word charge literally means command. Check the Greek word used there. It means command. So now your pastor, because this is Bishop Timothy, one of the youngest bishops in the Ephesian church, amen and amen, being told, Pastor Timothy, Bishop Timothy, is being told, is being taught what to say to the people in the church. What to tell them? He said, charge them, command them that are rich in this world. Now, I do not think that Paul is only talking about people who have super abundance. But in the Bible, because when you read the rich fool, the Bible says, so is every man who, are, who is rich in this world and is not rich towards God. So when you have, it simply means those who have resources in this world. That's what it means. So command them that have resources in this world. Please listen, I beg you, that they be not high-minded. Please listen, resources can make you high-minded. Because you think, I work for it. It's my own money. So you become high-minded. And then you make it a no-go area for your pastor. 
Pastor, no unshare so no yen in Yamijuma. Amen and amen. You make it a no-go area for your pastor. But your finances is a goal. Nowadays, there are things we have made no-go areas for pastors. Our finances, our dressing. But do you know your dressing is a go area for your pastor? Paul spoke about the believer's apparel. If you're a believer, your, your pastor can talk about your apparel and you must submit yourself. You know, these things, we don't want to hear them in the church. It's very sad, especially in today's church. Amen and amen. I mean, I, somebody told me that in the church before us, when you are coming to church and your dress is at a certain level, the ushers, they put cloth around you at the entrance. Hey! Today, if you try it, half of the church is gone. Half of the church is gone. We have fallen so low, I'm telling you. Amen. But he says, command them. How many persons can command members today about finances? He says that they be not high-minded. Please, don't let the fact that you have earned that money enter your head. Forgive me, I don't have a better expression. I'm sorry, but I, don't let it enter your head and make you carry yourself in a certain way. No! God has a say in your finances. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Matthew 6. Lay up not treasure upon the earth. Because most rats will destroy it. Thieves will break through and steal. So riches are uncertain. One of the ways you make riches to give you certain blessings, reliable, durable blessings, is when you give it. Otherwise, it's uncertain. It has no foundation. You can't stand on riches in eternity. Trust me. They will fail you. He says that not trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So this is where you also see that when we are blessed, apart from giving, we also enjoy part of it. God wants us to enjoy. God is not against God, God is not against you having a holiday in Dubai. God is not against it. But if you are using everything for holidays and enjoyment. And your family welfare. In fact, when you read Haggai, Haggai says that it's a wrong way to live. I don't have time. I would have gone into all that. Haggai said, you neglect the house of God and you run into your sealed houses. You run into your paneled houses. And you neglect God's house. He said, he said, consider your ways. He said, you all say, it is not time for the house of the Lord to be built. But it's time for your house to be built. You are running into your personal things. You are trying to settle your personal things. And you neglect the house of God. That's not how God wants it. They must happen together. So you give what you must give to the house of God. And then you build your final houses. Glory to God. Like Solomon built the house of God and built his house. That's how God wants it. God is not against you enjoying. God is not against you living an inheritance for your children. God is not against you building wealth. God is not against that. But if you don't understand that the purpose of kingdom blessing is kingdom work, then it's a miserable life. Amen and amen. He says, charge them. 
charge them, command them that they be not high minded. Please go back. Please go back. Nor trust, nor certain reason, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Verse 18. That they do good. God says we should command. We should command. We should charge everybody who has resources in the church to do good. To be rich in good works. And when I talk about good works, I'm not just talking about humanity. I'm talking about the gospel. Because the gospel, the gospel is good works. The gospel is good works. Which God had before ordained. He said, ye are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God had before ordained that you should walk in them. And that's talking about preaching, teaching, healing. Preaching the gospel. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So the gospel is good news. The gospel is good works. Hallelujah. A lot of people classify good works only as humanity. No, no. In fact, the main good work is preaching the gospel. That's the main good work. Because if you build schools and the people are educated and they go to hell, what is good about that work? So the real good work is saving their souls. That's the real good work. And the Bible said, anybody who has this world goods must be rich in good works. Be rich in good works. And you are commanded to do so. Because see, when you are born again, you are no more your own. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. You are, bo- you are now someone's born servant. You see, but today's church is filled with it. I this, I that, I that, I this. One, I read a book by Bishop Dark. He said that he went to Israel and he was buying something in a shop. And the owner of the shop was a very a Jew, quite old. And as he was talking, he was saying, so I want to buy this. I, and then at a point, the man hit him. So he said, why did you hit me? He said, because all that you are saying, I, I, I. He said, we use I for God. When you are talking about men, you use we, we. He said, don't be saying I, I, I like that. <laughs> wow. I said, I said, wow. And so the church is now filled with I, I, I went for it. I, no. There should be some humility. Bible says when he found himself in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Amen and amen. That they do good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. So this is how the church should be filled with people like this old. People like this. Can you imagine? Say, charge them that are in there. Because the pastor is now talking to his members. And he's charging them. If God has blessed you with anything, you should be ready to do good. You should be rich in good works. You should be ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. How many in the church, what percentage of the church can be put into First Timothy 6.18? Maybe, I don't know if you even get 10% of the church. Being in this spirit of willingness to give, readiness to advance the work of God. How many? Verse 19. 
That's where I talk about the third purpose. It's a laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. And what time? He's talking about when everything is over. The time to come. That they may lay hold on eternal life. So, so in other words, they will lay hold of certain blessings as they enter eternal life. Please listen. The third purpose of giving is to lay up treasure in heaven. And if you don't believe in treasure in heaven, we'll get there. We'll get there. Jesus said, in my father's house there are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. For Jesus to add, if it were not so, I would have told you, means that a lot of people don't believe that. They see it as building castles in the air. In my father's house are many mansions. What are talking about? We are talking about cantonments and things you are talking about, Father's house. <laughs> now, when you are a giver, it says you lay up in store, lay up treasure in heaven. The same scripture re- re- revealed here. Laying up in store. So your giving stores up treasure for you in, in eternal life. Your giving stores up treasure for you in eternal life. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, the expression good foundation does not necessarily mean like a foundation because Christ is that foundation. You know, when, when, when the expression is used, he laid up a good foundation for his future. It means he prepared for it. That expression in English means he prepared for it. You see, so, so that, that he will lay up in store for himself a good preparation for where he's going. A good foundation for where he's going. Yes. When Cornelius was giving here, it was appearing before God. Can you imagine? Your giving translates into kingdom treasure. Especially when it's given with the right motives and passion. You want to see God's work advance. Your giving translates into kingdom treasure. To make it also even more clearer, in Philippians 4 that we just read, we ended at verse 16. He said, even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Verse 17. Watch this. Watch it. Watch it. Verse 17. Please listen. Not because I desire a gift. But what? But I desire fruit that will abound to your account. Now who gives when you give your offering in church and then you go to your GT bank account and the money is there? No. So he's not talking about your GT bank account. And please let me say this. Every believer has an account in heaven. Yes. Every believer has an account in heaven. And that's where your treasure is stored. This is a lay up treasure. Where do you lay it? Just anywhere. No. There's an account for you in heaven. And Paul reveals it. That I desire that. You see, a lot of us don't know that we have accounts in heaven. We only know our earthly bank account and we keep filling that one. We keep filling that one. Solomon says sometimes when you even die, a foolish son will come and waste it. 
But you have an account in heaven. Because you lay up things. That means there's a place where your treasure sits. Hallelujah. And Paul says, not because I desire a gift. When we want you to give for the work of God. When you give to your man of God personally. You know, sometimes people don't have a problem giving to their church. But they have a problem giving to their pastor. That's a teaching for another day. It's very serious. Now, do you know that, can, can I say this? Do you know that there are certain dimensions of breakthrough, if you're a believer, you never walk in until you learn how to give to your pastor. Read your Bible, you'll be surprised. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. There are certain dimensions of breakthrough, materially, that you may not be able to walk through. That's why you see, look, let me even say this, forgive me. But some of these rich people here who are, some of them, they have a scripture to say some personal prophets that they give money to. <laughs> but sometimes their own pastor, they won't mind them. Mercy. <laughs> Mercy on us. <laughs> amen and amen. Amen and amen. Not because what I desire a gift, but I desire fruit. That will abound to your account. Yes. Yes. Fruit. That will abound to you. So, when you give, it becomes fruit. When you give to advance the work of God, the gospel, it becomes fruit in your heavenly account. Now, if you want to also understand it further, Ecclesiastes tells you, I will read that. He says that, um, cast thy bread upon thy waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. In the morning sow thy seed. In the evening withhold not thine hand. Then he tells you, um, um, for, 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 when, for when the clouds, when you read further, he says, for when the clouds, um, go further, go, go to verse 7. Let me see if I'm quoting the right scripture. No, no, that's not the scripture I'm quoting. Let me look for it. But, but you know the scripture. It says, for when the clouds are full, they empty themselves. And yet he was talking about giving. So there's something in the heavy list that your giving does. When the clouds are full, they will empty themselves. Help me find it, please. Verse 3, rather. Yes, so I was quoting the right scripture. So let us begin from verse 1. Please, let's understand this. You see, the, the, scriptures are, the scriptures are made up of, um, 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 what's the word? Uh, you know, they, they, use, they, they use parallel truths. The scriptures are made up of parallel truths. So what is true of the, the cloud when it gathers moisture and all that, you know, uh, you know and, and then the moisture, uh, vapor and all those moisturizes and it comes down. It's true of giving. That's what he's trying to tell you. Cast thy bread upon thy, for the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Verse 2. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. That's another purpose of giving. Do you know that your giving is an insurance against evil on the earth? And there are many scriptures in the Bible like that. Many scriptures. Your giving is an insurance. Your giving is an insurance. But it's for another day. I, I wish I had time. Verse 3, if the clouds be full of rain. So in other words, your giving is feeling something. 
you're giving is feeling something. He said they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where it where the tree falleth, there it shall be. So in other words, your giving is like a tree that falls somewhere and it remains there. Do you know what that means? It means you lay up treasure somewhere in the clouds. That's what it means. When the tree falls there, it remains there. So when you give, it's there. Another one, it falls on it. Another one, it falls on it. And when it fills the clouds, it translates into blessings on the earth for your life. That's what it means. Amen. 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 So, people of God, there are many things I can share with you, but I have to close. Your giving lays up treasure in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a blessing. And, and when you read further down Philippians 4, the same thing in Ecclesiastes 11. Now Paul says that, you say, uh, uh, I have received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent unto me, an order of a sweet smell, a sacrifice well-pleasing, acceptable unto God. Then he says in verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need, according to where? His riches where? In glory. Amen. So it's the same as when the clouds are full, they come down. He said, an order of a sweet smell, a sacrifice well pleasing. My God shall supply all your need. So when you meet a kingdom need, it may be a kingdom financial need, but it can translate into the meeting of all your needs. Not just your financial needs. Giving can meet all your needs, not just your financial needs. Have you not read when there was a plague in Israel, when David went to the threshing floor of Arona, and then he desired the threshing floor, and the man said, take it for free. He said, I will not take and give to God anything that will not cost me. That's a sacrifice. And when he offered on that threshing floor, the plague ceased. So, by giving, that's what I said, you can break some curses. You can break some limitations through the power of giving. Through the power of giving. Giving meets all your needs. My God shall supply only your financial needs. But you give financially. But he says all your needs. All your needs. Giving can meet your health needs. You'll be amazed. Because when heaven supplies, he supplies every one of your needs. Next time we'll continue. Shall we please rise up? Shall we please rise up? Amen. Shall we please rise up? Thank you, Father. Let's thank God for his word. Shall we please lift our hands if we can and honor God for his word tonight. Give him praise for his word tonight. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Now, I want you to pray this prayer, please. Tell God, I submit myself today to the command to give. He said, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us all things to enjoy, that they should, be, they should do good, they should be ready to do good, be, 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 be willing to communicate, ready to distribute, and they should, they should give towards good works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give us that scripture. Let's read it and then we pray. 
and then we pray. Hallelujah. First Timothy. That they, be, they do good, that they be rich in good works. Yes, that's what I miss. They be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. And he says, command them. So we are praying for ourselves. If God says we should be commanded, then it means he wants to have power over our resources. And we are telling God, we submit ourselves today to the command to give. The command to give. Let's open our mouths. If we, if please pray from your heart. Talk to the Lord in the name of Jesus, my Lord and my God. Tonight I submit myself to the command to give. Makata la bashanda, e makato rabasa kotalama, e mantaria makoto lobo jitelema, e kantale brodo shekalamatea, indala makadere mekato lobo shaya, Oh Lord, every high mindedness in my soul, in my heart, concerning my resources, destroy it tonight. Every high mindedness in my heart, concerning my finances, destroy it from my life. Oh Lord, today, I decide, I pray, Lord, to, that I, will, I submit myself, O oh Lord, in prayer tonight to your command to give. Destroy the pride in my heart, O oh God, concerning my resources and cause me to submit today to your command to give. Destroy high-mindedness completely from my life as far as my resources are concerned. Oh Lord, and fill me today with the readiness, the willingness to give as you have commanded me, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Time did not permit me to talk about Second Corinthians chapter 9. What saddens my heart is that a lot of people love to quote the verses after this verse. They love to say, if there be first a willing heart, it is acceptable. God wants a cheerful giver. You don't need to force anybody. But you don't know that the verse before that, God wants you before he talks about that. He says, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You don't want to, you don't want to be one who argues when it comes to giving. You are telling the Lord the grace that was upon the Macedonian church to give even out of their deep poverty with joy. You are praying today that that same grace will come upon you. That from today you will be a bountiful giver with grace. No more financial arguments with God in the name of Jesus. Please pray for that grace to come upon you. Father, I pray for the grace of a bountiful giver. Kabaroko shatala bahaya. Emakato 
Rokositelema, E Macandala Masako Tolobos, E Manderico Satalea, E Macabaro Zikelea, E Macabaro Zikelema, E Baracosotolobahaya. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the grace of a bountiful giver to be multiplied upon me. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to be a giver of, of, of in scarcity. I refuse to be one who gives uh, sparingly, Lord. That's what I mean, Lord. I refuse to be a giver who gives only sparingly. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to give only what I have to spare. I refuse to give only that which costs me nothing. I choose today by your grace to be a bountiful giver, to be a generous giver. In the name of Jesus, oh Lord, let the grace of generosity enter my heart like never before. Let the grace of generosity enter my life, come upon my life like never before. Kama shakantora imata farokoto emelekisto barena. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Time fails me to say all that I need to say. But you are able to make all grace abound toward us. That we always, having all sufficiency in all things, will abound unto every good work. I pray for everyone connected online. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that you will pour upon us this grace of a bountiful giver. This grace of a cheerful, bountiful, large giver. In the name of Jesus. For you have so much in store. You are just looking for channels. You are just looking for men and women that you can channel your heavenly treasure through, Lord. And today we position ourselves as generous givers. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.